Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead, and I've got my co-host, Micah. What's up, Micah? How you doing? I am, as many would say, living the dream, but that's really not the, the case, but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well, and we've got special guests who, who frequents our podcast, Alicia. Alicia, how you doing? Hi, good. How is everybody doing? Well, I know what Micah's doing because, you know, he's in the next room, but... Because you're married to him and you tell him that how he's too. doing? Well, well, funny story. (laughs) Um, I was listening to one of our episodes a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking, like, we don't really like say, "Hey, we're married," but like, I think we've kind of said it in passing. I'm like, so I wonder if people like even realize until you just said, "Hey, I wonder if they're married or not." But yeah, anyway. So here we are. Love having you guys on. Um, So today we're going to be talking about. A special thing that I was excited about. Don't know how you guys are feeling just yet. We'll find out and unpack that a little bit. We're talking secret invasion. So this was uh, something kind of in the making for a while. It was a Nick Fury-centered TV show for uh, for Disney+. Plus. Just recently finished all six episodes. So my first question for you guys is just, what did you feel going into it, knowing the very little bit that you probably did know? Um, what from the, the previews, what did you think was going to happen? Did you, were you excited about it? And then how did you feel walking out of it? Well, you want to go first? Sure. I mean, honestly, I didn't know really what to expect. Um, like you said, we, it was, I felt like all I really knew was it was called secret invasion and it was kind of going to be centered around Nick Fury, um, and the scrolls. So having that limited information, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was hopeful to, you know, get another piece of the Marvel puzzle. Um, and I guess after the fact, after watching all six episodes, um, I don't know, like I feel, I feel torn. I feel like it had some good content in it, um, but it just felt like it was really slow going. And I don't really know how I feel after watching all six episodes because okay. I just feel like I don't understand what it's all for yet. Do you feel like it might potentially be more Age of Ultron where it's like it's going to ground, oh, like just kind of set that ground and then like the next three to four projects or even 10 years down the line, mm-hmm. it might be like, this is a big thing that we're going to go back and like start to see all the dots connected. And just right now, I, I feel like that's a lot of things um, in the in Marvel is they mm-hmm. go into they you don't always feel like it's great content, but then they build off of it. And I yeah. think the Age of Ultron was one of the first ones that they really did that with. Um, you could say like Thor was technically the first because it built with the Avengers like it was part one part two um, with with Thor and Loki's story Mm -hmm. but I feel like Age of Ultron kind of set the stage that hey we don't have to give them necessarily the greatest content in the world on the first go with a specific story because we're we're laying the foundation that a lot of people don't realize is going to start playing off in the next few movies and the next few tv series and and as we continue to build this this behemoth that it is um how many projects are we at we're at like almost 50 or something like that yeah so yeah. like 40 40 50 projects um because i looked at it the the movie count is over 30 now um and there's at least nine almost 10 series um not including what if um trying to keep it just main con- continuity um yeah no it's 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 crazy so yeah and i can definitely see that like i i feel like the more, I mean, it's no different than almost any other Age of Ultron is a, a great example because I feel like you're right. That was the first taste we had of something of, I don't really understand everything that's in here, but then it makes so much more sense now how how much farther down the road we are. Um, but I, I definitely see that potential here um, with this one. I just... And I even I had it on the background when I was um, when I was working today. And I think I picked up a few more things that this kind of the second watch, I don't, you don't think you really call it watching. I wasn't actually watching it, just kind of listening to it. Um, but I feel like I picked up a couple of things that I didn't get the first go round. So I think that it's going to be like, the more you watch it, the more you kind of see, oh, well, maybe this is going to make sense. Absolutely. I yeah. fully agree with that. What I, what I often, what I've often learned is you can't just watch something once and, and make it a mm-hmm. full decision on. Um, even yeah. if you're just listening, because the the commentary, there's a lot of things that are are said and it's, and if you're not watching it and you're just listening as background noise, there are moments where you catch something and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's certain moments that are solely visual, but some are just solely audio. Yeah. And just to to catch those moments 
Um, I absolutely believe that that like I looked at Flash. Um, if you if you go and watch uh, Trash, I mean Flash the movie. Um, <laughs> if if you go and watch it the first time, a lot of people didn't care for it for for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Love Love and Thunder. I agree that that was a trash movie as well on the first viewing when I could turn my brain off and be like, okay, I've already had my first, first, first go with it. I think that movies have gotten better, even Eternals um, and, and Black Widow. Some of the, the, the movies that weren't box office smashes and these, these great big things, I would argue they're pretty good though. If you, if you go back and just watch it knowing it's not going to be Avengers and nothing can always be that big ensemble. It can't always be something mm. knocking out of the park. I mean, Spider-Man's done really, really well that all three of Tom Holland movies have, have been knockouts, but there's also parts where, you know, there's some things that I, I personally would like to see now, like watching all this concept art from, from no way home. That's been dropping lately. Like I would love to see Willem Dafoe trying to put on a new suit and maybe he puts on the dark elves mask and, and maybe he puts on some Iron Man armor and like spray paints it purple and, and green and has all these things. I was like, that would be really, really cool to see and see the villain point of view as they're building so much more of a story. But I know you're restricted on time. You can't always do that kind of stuff. Um, as, as one of my bosses, well, my, my boss, Steve, um, tells me all the time, it's when you're writing a sermon, it's not about what's always in there. It's about what's on the cutting room floor. You have to be able to trim things back. You have to be willing to do that kind of thing. And so, you know, I, I, I think rewatching these is really going to help us see, oh, it really wasn't as bad as I thought. It was just part of it is with these TV shows, you're getting them week by week. And so there's that agony of just like, I have to wait another week. It's so slow on this episode. And like when Arrow and Flash were running uh, in, their, in their prime, I was watching them, but I would watch before the new episode dropped, the day before the day of, I would watch the last week's episode just to be caught up. So that way I wasn't like, oh, I, did, I don't like this because I, I knew what was happening next. I knew what they were setting up for the next episode or so. Yeah, such a first Mike, what would you think as you were... Going into this, what were your your thoughts beforehand, and then the the thoughts afterwards um, from this series? So yeah, a couple of things. You and I've had a couple of conversations about it. Alicia and I watched it together. Um, when I saw the trailers, I was really excited um, because, like, part of the conversation you and I had earlier today uh, at the the date of this recording, Jordan, was that we um, we being the fans, we being the viewers, we being the podcasters. Um, being the podcasters, we, we get, we get excited when we have these moments, right? And we'll just use the MCU for the MCU's sake and this being a Marvel uh, project. But like we talked about, you know, Nick Fury being on a scroll ship at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out in 2019, I believe, Right. Yeah, so 2019. Um, and so we had not seen Nick Fury since. And then it was like, I wonder what the heck he's doing on a scrolls thing. I mean, like, if there's the scroll connection, the Captain Marvel connection, you know, him being off world wouldn't be a totally uncommon thing. Uh, now, I, I saw the trailer for this. I was really excited for the series. I didn't realize that it was going to be such a slow burn murder mystery thriller kind of series as it was um Mm -hmm. now it had its moments and i thought it was fantastic like there were like the episodes where i was like you know this show is great however you and i talked about this also today that we the pattern i guess that marvel's filming stuff and producing their formula is that they'll do this slow burn if, it's, say, it's a six-episode series. You don't really get the gas cooking until about episode four, halfway through episode four. So four, five, and six are just stellar episodes. But the first three, three and a half, four episodes are like, man, it's kind of setting the stage, but is it really? And I I felt that way for a long time with, with, with a lot of different series. Um, and, and you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about like WandaVision, which is one of our favorite series. 
people didn't really understand the first couple of episodes because they were in black and white and they didn't get the concept, right? It wasn't until episode three or four that they're like, oh, this makes sense now. They're going decade by decade, sitcom mm-hmm. by sitcom. And like kids that are younger than we are, like they're like, what the heck is a sitcom, right? They're they're not they're not really That is true. Yeah, they don't so, so <laughs> there's it's 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 a little bit of a risk uh reward factor and um yeah, but like once we got to episode four and it was like, you know, four, five, six, we get to the end of that series, we're like, Oh, this is great. Why couldn't they have done it the first three episodes? <laughs> and I'm not saying all six episodes have to be bangers, excuse me, but like the Yes, they should. They should well, all be bangers. <laughs> um Yeah, I you know, it's that's I, I didn't I didn't think this was a bad show. I didn't think it was the best. I didn't think that it's as bad as people were rating it online. Um I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch it, but you know I thought that there was a lack of interest. I thought there was a lack of um, this. Ha- this wasn't my favorite Samuel L. Jackson project either. Like, I don't think his acting was the greatest. And now that that could mean that he's just getting older and he just doesn't uh, care as much or the writing didn't give him what he wanted or he was a combination of all the above. Um, I still think he's a great actor. He's done some great work over the years. Um, it just, I don't know. It really just didn't pique my interest in it. Also, too, something else I mentioned to you today was that, you know, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go in respect to the scrolls. Right. Like I thought we were going to get more, um, you know, more scroll action and more revealing or unveiling of scrolls that have been happening, happening all along. I know it's not really possible to do that within a six episode miniseries, but like, they they mentioned at one point in the series like all these millions of scrolls that are on Earth, and it's like okay, who's been a scroll this whole time? Mm-hmm. And like coming out of Spider-Man: Far From Home, you're like, huh? I wonder if this person's a scroll, and I wonder if that person's a scroll, and I wonder if this person's been a scroll from the you know, beginning, the, the beginning of time, or the beginning of what we know as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I want to say really quickly, and I think we can unpack this during this episode, Jordan, and I don't want to get off too much off of a of a, of a track or off of, you know, the, the topic, but I was talking to Rich the other day, Rich has been on our show a couple of times and Rich is a good friend of mine. He goes to work. Uh, he, he works where I work and, uh, Alicia works and we talk every day on chat. And he was like, he made a bold statement the other day and he's a big comic book fan, a Marvel fan, DC fan, star Wars, etc. He said, franchises like franchise movies, like Marvel and DC are losing public interest. And he's talking about series and he's talking about movies. And we had this pretty long drug out conversation about movie theaters dying. And we've talked about that on Nerd Talk. And he said that the audience is starving for original content again. And it's like this whole formula that's, we talked about the, the idea of oversaturating the market and too much content. And like you have a Marvel universe that's oversaturating the market with their content. You got Star Wars that's kind of in the middle, and then you've got DC that's kind of non-existent. I think that's fair to say. Um, and we talked about the struggling. Theaters. Let's say struggling. Yeah, yeah. So, so struggling. And he he goes on to say, um, he said, moving forward past the Infinity Saga, Marvel lost their following, and he says they don't have a dedicated following anymore. And it was, mm. and so like I wonder if that's why shows like circling back to the secret invasion conversation, I wonder if that's why shows like secret invasion aren't getting the the press, not getting the interest, not getting the love because like we we've talked about this as well, coming out of phase four, going into phase five, the whole phase four and this, you know, up to what we know as phase five, I think guardians of the galaxy three aside and quantum media aside, everything has just been like a crapshoot. Right. Like, and, and I don't mean that in a bad terminology. I just mean that like the shows were so vastly different and they weren't connected. Some of the characters weren't even connected to what we know is what the MCU is. And so they were introducing yeah. new characters, new concepts, new shows, spinoff stories. And so like when you get back to secret invasion to Nick Fury's story, it's like, where have you been? <laughs> are you a scroll? Well, and- are you not a scroll? 
What's going mm-hmm. on? And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to take yeah. up all the time and I don't mean to go off on no, such no, a no. Thing, but like, I was thinking about that today and it's like, I wonder if that's the reason why people are losing interest. They didn't, they, they, they're, we've talked about experimenting in phase four with like new characters, new concepts, but like what made Marvel so successful is how they built from Iron Man to Endgame. And I'm not saying they have to do everything exactly like that, but like, that's the formula that made them billions of dollars in the movie world. Um, and I think people are losing interest. Billion and a half off the first Avengers film. <laughs> well, I'm just saying billions. Period. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm saying, I'm saying, just one movie alone. Just it, they, they rocked it because, like what you said, the, it worked. They figured I, out a formula, but but you can't necessarily keep that formula sure. over and over and over because you need that mm-hmm. original content. Well, and then you know, not like I'm pro Bob Iger or anything, but it's like, is there a point in the what the man was trying to say with like, well, maybe we need to step step back and not make as much content. Um, yes, you can pick. I think and he needs choose. to shut his face, and we just need to keep going. Well, <laughs> gives us content to talk about here in our talk, but exactly. <laughs> but like, so what? Like, what are your thoughts on that secret invasion or anything? I had to say. I mean, I know I went on kind of a rant, but it was like I think it needs to be said. Well, you know, I I, I see your point. Don't get me wrong. I see your point. I think, and I had this conversation with Will because he he's he feels burned out from the MCU, which mm-hmm. makes me laugh because I never thought I'd hear those words from Will. He loves, um, he loves superheroes. That's, yeah. that, that that's been that's been a part of his world for a long, long time. And I think what what makes me laugh at this whole thing is I don't know why people are so burned out because you don't have to watch all of the Guardians films to know what's happening in the rest of the MCU. You well, and honestly, like, I don't think most people do watch everything. We've had various yeah. conversations with people that we work with and things like that. And they're like, Mike, Mike Douglas, not the actor, but the guy that Alicia works with. He's a big fan of Marvel and he's tried his best to keep up. But he was, he looked at me a couple of weeks ago and he's like, what's, what's his secret invasion thing? He's like, I don't think I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, it's cool, Mike. You don't have to watch it. But he wants to know about it. But at the same yeah. time, he doesn't want to invest, you know, six hours so, Where, yeah, side tangent real quick, because I, I feel like this has to also be said. I think that Marvel has really made a big mistake with their um, their MCU making of making of the cinematic universe, whatever, whatever it is, like where they're doing like snapshots of each hero. Mm-hmm. I think they've screwed that one up big time. I think this is the perfect opportunity to use this as like a Kang talking and like looking and, and using it as a real so that he like looks over their history of what we've seen in the MCU. And so like, hey, Iron Man, all the Iron Man things, and he can learn from Iron Man. And then he looks at, and like each time they do something different with adding a new character to that, I think that should have been a show without ever having, like, because then you spotlight all these moments that there, there may be someone who walks in and is like, let, let, let's, let's role play this real quick. So Micah and me are diehard. We go see everything. And Alicia, you're like, I really couldn't care. But when we get to Secret Invasion, you're like, okay, who's this Moon Knight character? Who is this She-Hulk character? What is Miss Marvel? I thought there was Captain Marvel. Are they the same person? Are they different people? You you bring in all these different characters for Secret Wars, Secret Invasion. You get all all these different spots. If you go in and say, hey, go watch this 30, 45-minute episode on this show, and they are highlighting all of the big moments for this character Mm -hmm. from over the years – and it's Kang because we get to the let's let's just use Kang Dynasty. We're setting up Kang. You use him as he is watching everyone's histories, learning, and it's like Kang the Conqueror. I think that would be an amazing way to do it because then it's the villain's perspective, and it's not really a show as much as it is you're giving a glimpse to a villain. And I think that that like that would help for people who don't want to watch Secret Invasion and they just want to know okay who are the scrolls? Okay, the scrolls. He's trying to figure out why they're shape shifting and who is the who is the super scroll. Okay, there's there's this person and Nick Fury's over here and okay Tal- Talos died so I don't really have to worry about him and just do like a quick episode that recaps the season and then you could just continue and then it, let, let's say we're watching it me and Micah, and we're like, okay, we're watching all these. Like, we don't have to watch that show because we know everything, but it's a quick refresh. So then you're just like, okay, I just want to watch these just here and there. And they're they're not necessarily continuative as much as it is just recapping. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not adding something new. And I think that would have been the way to go with that that 
Marvel thing. Because I'm like, if you use a guy who can literally use time like it's a VCR and you're just rewinding the tape and you just, you go in and you just like pop it in and you're just like, all right, I'm watching this and I'm going to learn yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to game tape it. I think that would have been the perfect way. And Kevin Feige, I hope you give me credit when you decide to redo this. Um, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess my point though, you know, kind of going back to what I said about all the stuff that's going on with phase, phases four and what we know of five so far, like there's so much there that like, I feel like, it, I feel like the storyline, like what's going on with Nick Fury on a ship at the end of far from home with the scrolls kind of gets lost in the shuffle because we haven't heard anything from him since. And the only other thing that we get is at the end of WandaVision, we see a scroll in the theater when uh, Monica goes and sees uh, the scroll in the end, and you know, in the movie theater at the end of the series and at the end of WandaVision. But other than that, we've had no interaction whatsoever with scrolls. And whether you're a huge fan of that story arc or not, like how many series have we had since then? Right. WandaVision was at the very beginning of phase four and far from home was phase three. And so we, nothing, right? Like absolutely nothing since, since then. I mean, we just assumed that Fury was alive. We just didn't know where he was or what he was doing or what it meant. Yeah. You know? And then like, you would think, you're not going to get a lot of mainstream heroes in the miniseries, right? So, like, you're not going to see Carol Danvers or, or Captain Marvel just show up and try to rescue him and kind of explain that moment. But it would be nice to see what's going on and have more of an in-depth conversation circling back to Secret Invasion. What? Why are the scrolls here? How many of these people are actually scrolls? What's, like, what is this war we're talking about? How many millions of people are, you know, like all those details that sometimes... Marvel well, over communicates and this one and this series for me, I felt like they under communicated that. I think like I was talking with Alicia at the beginning, I think this is going to set the ground. It would not surprise me. Now I understand that this was not intended to do this kind of like Loki. I don't think it was intended this way. It would not shock me if this gets a season two, hmm. though they wrapped it up at the end. I would not be surprised if they use it as a jumping point for Gaia and for mm -hmm. the prime minister lady um, or the, the head of the secret service for, for MI6, whatever team she was with. Mm -hmm. If you go in and say, this is where we're releasing the invasion happening, because that's, that's a story that you started. You can't just be like, Oh, we're leaving this over here in right field and we're not going to finish it because Marvel, Marvel yeah. knows that they've got to finish this. Um, I think that they, I think this story specifically was a Miss Marvel story and this could have been the Marvels and because of how poorly Captain Marvel did um because I, I genuinely think that they set it up in that movie but because of how poorly box office reviews were coming not a lot of people care for for her character um in in the uh not a lot of people like her character and, and the actress um I'm not a huge Brie Larson fan myself and that, that's okay like I like her more the the more that she's been implemented in, but I just I don't think she's a strong enough character to lead the Avengers. I hope she never is the lead. Um, <laughs> but but really, I think like this story should have been a Nick Fury and Captain Marvel story, and that's really where it should have been. And it just wasn't. And it's kind of setting up the Marvels from what I'm gathering from the trailers. But I just, I don't know, like. I, I personally really enjoyed this. I loved seeing Fury like run into the battlefield and I hate the fact that Talos died. Um, yeah. That, that was hard. That was um, rough. Like, cause I was like, I'm excited to see, is it Ben Kingsley? Is that who, who plays him? I think it's Ben Kingsley. Um, whatever, or whatever the guy's name is um, that plays Talos. I was excited to see more of him. He did great in the, the, the little cameo at the end of, uh, far from home. I enjoyed his his run in Captain Marvel. I'm Are you like, talking about this Talos? Guy. It was yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben yeah. Ben Ben Mendels. Okay. Um yeah, I, I get all these guys mixed up. Um I can't even keep the Chris's together. Well so Gravik is Chris is Kingsley. His first name is Kingsley, okay. the guy who plays yes. Gravik. Okay. That's probably where you're getting from. Yep. So um and maybe Ben Kingsley was was that the guy who played Mandarin? Yeah. Okay. 
I yeah. see I'm there. I've got, <laughs> I, I got the two names. I, I know it's all Marvel. So anyways, um, I just, I think that this show did really, really well for what they had, but I know that part of the problems that we're running into is also the writer's strike. Mm. That's something else that we're running into. Um, Marvel is, is falling behind because they're not getting great movies at this moment. And I'll, I'll argue this one all day long. I think this is nothing new. I think this has been building for the past couple of years post Endgame. I would say since COVID, because people had to work from home and try and figure out how do we finish editing Black Widow? How do we do Shang-Chi? How do we do Eternals? How do we do No Way Home? Uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, into uh, Guardians 3. All of those films are in a post-COVID world. All of them dropped post-COVID. So like you can you can work on your film up until like a week before it drops publicly. So like even at premieres, they may not have the final film. And so like I, I was watching a documentary called Icons Unearthed, and they they've talked about some of this stuff, like it gets dropped. Or and I'm like, I think this this world we're living in where AI, I mean, let's talk about that really quick. The AI was what they used for their opening. They had AI write that and draw the opening sequence. Mm. And I'm like, it's kind of cool because if you if you look at like the world around us, like AI is kind of being a scroll. It's like implementing <laughs> itself into things. Um, there, there's areas where AI, I mean, AI can literally write a sermon for me on Sunday morning if I wanted it to. That's um, crazy. Like it, it's absolutely nuts. And there's things that AI can, it can do art it can do uh scripting it can do and i've even heard that it's been able to to mimic voices in certain scripting things that they've got so like you can get like elvis presley and and bob dylan to sing songs that are like from kesha um and yeah oh yeah so it's it's cool to know that um but it's it's also this you took away from somebody Mm -hmm. like while it was free, I, I didn't really like the opening. Um, but I liked some of the storyline that they went with. I just don't think it was as strong as it could have been. But that's also because right now our our best writers are not there. And here's the thing. If you if you watch your history, 2009, 2008, 2009, I think is when it was, was when the writer's strike happened, the last one. And what happened right after that? We got Iron Man 2. And... <laughs> and, and, and Honestly, a lot of people will sit, argue that that was one of the weakest Iron Man movies. A lot of people don't care for that one. They're like, the first one, hands down, is the best. And I'm like, there's nostalgia there, and I get that. It started the MCU, and, and I get that. But like, things got better and better and better after the writer's strike. Look at Phase 2. I would argue Phase 2 is, is the best phase we've ever had, minus the Avengers films. Like, if you, took, if you took out Age of Ultron and took out Infinity War Endgame, Phase two to phase three, I, I would argue that phase two had better films. That's where that's where you've got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where you've got the Winter Soldier, and you've got Ant-Man. All three were stellar, and it helped build on, on a universe that was already there. And those were, were great building points. I think that once the writer's strike ends, if it ends anytime soon, we'll start getting some good stuff again. Um, and I know that there's people putting their heart and soul into, into certain projects, like Deadpool 3. Um, I know Ryan Reynolds is is pouring his heart into that. He's got a huge passion for it. So there's people who are are, are championing, but we're still going to have some hit and misses. And not everything's going to be the best project. We've talked about this before. It's not always going to be every project can't be the best because something has to be the worst. Like, uh, so th- well, you mentioned like the intro. You know, yes, I as somebody who's produced stuff, video, music, things like that. You want things to grab your attention. And I felt like the intro was a little too long. Like I felt like it, it just drug really on long. and on and on and on. And I'm like, can we just get to the show already? I know you can press a little skip button, you know, to skip the intro, like on Disney Plus, for example. But like, I'm like, come on, let's go. Like, why is this taking so long? Um, but to your point, I get it, Jordan. Like I... um. I didn't dislike this show, right? I didn't yeah. think there was things wrong with it. I thought that there were um, definitely questions that I had coming out of it 
more than I went into it. Like, you know, I was, you know, we cover a lot of different topics here in our talk, but like when I see a trailer for something, (laughs) when I see a trailer for something, I'm like, oh, I get really excited because it's like, it's something new. It's something Marvel. It's something Star Wars. It's something, you know, something new to watch and something new to talk about. I saw this and I was like, oh, that, that looks really cool. You know, Alicia and I happen to be fans of Captain Marvel. Right. And we happen to, you know, really enjoy the nineties arc and this, the nostalgia there. And so I'm like, anything that kind of builds off of that, I'm like, Oh, cool. And there are even moments in the show where they show young Nick Fury, kind of the same kind of from the same era when he was, you know, Captain Mm -hmm. Marvel, that Captain Marvel timeline when he was younger. Um, I don't have anything to complain about the show, but like, I know that you wanted to talk about a couple of the characters specifically. Um, I, I want to talk. I want to talk Rhodey first. Is that okay? Dude, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What did you think of the whole? There's been a lot of speculation about the timeline and how long has he been a scroll, and you know what? What's you know the what's the implementation? Implement not implementations. But implications. Impl- thank you, Alicia. Implications on coming out of because I read something last week. I think it was, and I think I sent it to you, but it said Rhodey's been a scroll since Civil War. It's been confirmed by the director. Does that screw up everything that we've known and understood from that point on? What are your thoughts on all that? I think it's stupid. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Okay. All right. Let's hang they're up. They're just the trying to get. They're let's just trying the- to confuse us. No, no, no. Okay. So, so here's my thought. It's one of two things. It's either a civil war. End of civil war. He he had to go through the the. Uh, doctors, they had to do all that. They switched him out at that moment. So he's going to have to learn to walk again. And so the moment of Tony Stank is not his. That is not Rhodey's moment. Um, not that that's like the most important moment because there's a lot of important moments. But then you rob him from that. You rob him from Tony's death. You rob him from Nat's death. But you also rob him from one other massively important piece. And not a lot of people have talked about this one yet. You rob him from the relationship he builds with Nebula. Because mm-hmm. there's that beautiful, beautiful moment in Endgame where, where they're together and they, they share that moment getting the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. And you rob them of that moment. And I think that for, for me personally, I'm okay with the idea that I'm okay if he he got robbed of a few years. I'm not okay if he got robbed of his best friend's death. Because that right there, how do you even... You're now not just hurting his story. You're hurting a huge audience following. And you're going to have to really be delicate with how you tell the next story. Because his next story point is supposed to be Armor Wars. And when they do Armor Wars, like he's going to have to be facing off with... Ultron, from what I heard, might be coming back into that one. Um, you're going to have Justin Hammer in that. You're going to have a few others. I heard even Punisher might be showing up, which I'm really excited about if that happens. Um, but there's a lot of lot of element pieces to this that you're going to have to to figure out how to juggle. And I just don't know that I would want to do that. The second spot that I think that they could have robbed him, like out of out of things, would be post Endgame because he would probably still need to be checked up on um, with his legs because Tony's not su- uh, supplying him with stuff. Like at Endgame, sorry, at Endgame, he had, um, he was still in the the leg braces. I don't think that that is going to be the moment that I think he was still there. I didn't see leg braces or any type of bulge around his leg with pants uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think somewhere between there, maybe he, because Mm. that gown is, he could have had a surgery. He could like, they could have continued to work on his legs. Um, And that's, that's something that happens to people. And, and if it was a temporary paralysis and it was just helping him get better, because actually in the comics, I think he gets like permanently paralyzed and he basically like morphs in with his suit and kind of becomes Terminator at one point in time. Um, Mm. I had a, I had a Iron Man book that showed me something like that. I think that was like late eighties, early nineties. I think things got weird in the comics at that around that time. (laughs) Um, but, but I think that if they were to go that route, you just put them under for a surgery and, and whatever scroll took over, that's a great point because it also would not make sense 
if Fury is in charge of the scrolls and he's he's working with them, it wouldn't make sense to steal him before Infinity War. Because Fury hasn't disappeared, hasn't reappeared and then gone to the space station. He there there's still too much that that would put him against Gravik. And Gravik's plan started right after Endgame. And we're sitting what, 2025? Something like that in the in the series right now, because if it was like two years after, like he's been gone for how however long, I think we're sitting at about twenty twenty five. Because I think twenty nineteen with Endgame put us in twenty three, so I think we're two years ahead right now. Mm. So, but even even if so, I I think that I I think that this whole roadie thing is just stupid. <laughs> I I agree, and I think that. I think part of the reason that DMC has been so successful is because they've not overcomplicated things, especially mm-hmm. with storylines. And like you talked about, you and I talked about with Multiverse of Madness and we talked about with um, No Way Home. They did an excellent job of not complicating the multiverse. So they're capable of doing it. But I feel like in some of the stuff recently, they've overcomplicated, you know, storytelling and they don't follow through with stories. And I think that's a combination for disaster when you go, well, we're going to tell you this story. It's complete crap. As far as like what we think is like you're saying with Rody, for example, is so stupid, which I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But by the way, we're just not going to finish telling you the story. And I get that. They kind of want to leave you on a cliffhanger wanting more, but it's like, we kind of want answers because we may not see these folks for another two, three Four years, similar to what I was saying earlier with with Fury being on the ship at the end of Far From Home. Alicia, what do you think of like Rhodey and him being a scroll or how long he's been a scroll? Or did you catch on to that? And what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I didn't catch on to it initially, but when it was revealed, I was upset. Like I was angry. And and I mean, honestly, like Jordan said it perfectly. Like you think about everything that's happened to him, like at what point is he no, was he no longer actually himself? And that like, to see his, to see him in a storyline and then not really be able to say with 100% certainty that it was actually him until this point or this point, like I was upset about it. (laughs) I just, I, it made me very frustrated. Like, why would they do that? I mean, I get they're trying to add drama. So, you know, I understand that part of it, but it was just, I was pretty upset about it. I want to I want to side tangent really quick. I think this whole episode's been a side tangent, <laughs> pretty much. Well, well, it, it's still it's still like not a rabbit trail. It's just a side tangent. Let's let's just adjacently move over to Everett Ross. When do we think Everett Ross got abducted? Because nobody's nobody's even talking about Everett Ross. Uh uh-uh. uh So like he Who? shows up and he's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> so dude gets shot in the first episode. Find out he's a scroll. Uh-huh. And then we get to a point where we're like, okay, we're not talking about Everett Ross. So what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think he was taken before Wakanda forever? Alicia? I don't know. I'm just I, so confused, no, guys. No, 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 no. I was just asking. I was going to you to go first because I feel like I've been talking. No, so no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, again, like, I don't know. I just, and... I mean, that's part of the purpose, right? That we don't actually know. And now here we are, something for us to speculate on. Um, but I I don't I don't even have an educated guess. Well, and two, I think that the whole have they built too much of a an empire, I guess if you want to call it that, a bigger, broader story to to not follow through on some of these stories. Like, cause it's like we see we see him in Wakanda Forever, for example. But that's like the last, you know, thing that we've seen him in, right? And so, like, there was no follow-up with that. And I'm not saying there has to be, but it's like, it's a little bit confusing. And, like, so if you, like, the three of us who have seen everything, we're super invested. And we're like, what the heck's going on? And so, even to push it down the, down the, you know, down the road a little bit, we have, you know, depending on how the writer strike goes, we have this whole thing with Kang going on, right? The multiverse saga. And then we have Madam 
whatever her name is, Julius Louis Strivus on Earth, is she going to be Madam Web? Not Madam Web. Um, not a mask. Hydra. Hydra. Madam, oh, Madam Hydra. Hydra. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lady oh, Hydra. I have no idea. That'd be, that'd be cool it, if like 10 years later, we killed Hydra. Nope, Hydra's back. It seems like <laughs> it seems like they're going with that. But my whole point is that like, okay, we have this going on and then we have this going on and we have this going on. And by the way, we're going to bring Nick Fury back and we've got this going on. And oh, by the way, there's scrolls. And but we got Loki over here in the multiverse and the TVA. And it, it, it's it's like a comic book come to life. And it's something that we've always wanted as kids and as teenagers and nerds. But it's it's. To me, it feels very much in the weeds at this point, and it's it's hard to keep up with. And like Alicia said, I don't have an educated guess. Like that's a fair <laughs> assessment when you go to go to talk about like where we think the MCU is going. So by the time we get to something like Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, it's like, uh, are we even going to be interested at that point? I hope so. I mean, because I love love this stuff and I love recording and talking about it and watching it, but. Does any of that make sense, Jordan? Yeah. Like it, it, it just makes, seems... It, it makes a lot of sense. It just seems like it's so unorganized at the moment. Well, and for me, it's like, that's why I say it's, it's like, I'm just so confused. And, you know, what's what I find funny is that I thought with all of the multiverse stuff that I would be just getting so confused. And I feel like I understand... They did a better that, job explaining but, the multiverse than they did with some exactly, of this other stuff. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> now we have all this, this scroll stuff and how long has this, has this person not actually been themselves? And, you know, how long have they actually been here? It, I don't know. You're like, great question. <laughs> exactly. Great Scott. <laughs> great Scott. I... <laughs> Nice reference. Nice. Go, reference. go 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 check our episodes out on Back, Back to the Future. They were great. <laughs> um, I have a guess. I think that Everett Ross, within months, maybe a year. If I wouldn't even say a year, <laughs> I would say within months he was abducted, and here's why: he was quickly found out to be a scroll. Where Don Cheadle's War Machine. Rody was not. They'd mm-hmm. had time to cement themselves where Everett Ross, first scroll, I mean, within the first five minutes, boom, there's a fight and he's almost shot and then they kill him. They kill the scroll. He hasn't had enough time to truly become Everett Ross yet. And so mm-hmm. I, that's my theory. I just, I think that he's, he's fairly new, but also, you know, it, it could be longer. I don't know. They may never even tell us. It may just be something that's in the pipeline that they're like, eh, we really don't care. Let 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 it be up to your imagination. Who who knows what's going to happen? And maybe Armor Wars is what's going to end up really creating something story-wise because we'll find out about Don Cheadle. And if Everett Ross were to show up as a government agent, like that could be really cool. So. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? I know. See before I know Jordan, we're like we've been all over the episode, but are all over the place with this episode. But like you, you referenced a couple of characters that you wanted to talk about. Do you, uh, Gia or Gia? You wanted to talk about her. I know that Gaia. You Gaia. I'm sorry, terrible with names. No, you're good. Um, uh, wanted to talk about Gaia when we talked to her earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gaia was in uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. There's this little girl, and they introduce her, and like they didn't say. I don't remember her her name in the the original um, when they were first talking about her. And I was like, like in, in Captain Marvel, I don't remember them saying Gaia, um, but to have her in there, I was like, Oh wait, that's Talos's daughter. Like, that's really cool. What did you guys think about Gaia being in the movie or in the, in the show? And then at the very end becoming not just like a super scroll, but like basically a God, like going from zero to hero, just like that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. What did you do? The, He's referencing the, Hercules. Hercules. Oh. The muses. Zero to hero. <laughs> no, I wasn't paying attention, obviously. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I talk about Scott. You know, I'm, on, I'm a co-host on the Scott Stimmel podcast, and we talk about And Scott's been on our show, too. But we talk a lot about professional wrestling and like it takes years to build a star, a superstar, somebody that's going to be at the top of the card and the top of your list and the fan favorite. 
and it takes years for that to happen. Sometimes it's lightning in a bottle and they can, you know, catch fire like instantly and people really love them from the start. Robert Downey other Jr. Time, yeah. Other times it's just a long, treacherous, you know, process that people uh, are like, is this person ever going to get there? I don't know if you can do that in the superhero world and get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. zero to zero to heroes you're talking about, you know, in just yeah. a few seconds. Um, what they did with her in that episode was really cool. I thought it was cool and it paid, you know, homage to all the other superheroes that had came before her. But at the same time, I don't know if she was, you know, it'd be like the kid in Iron Man three that we see at the end of end game, by the way. I'm just waiting for that kid to come back and be Iron Lad. Well, I mean, like, I'm saying that, like, have some crazy superhero power and just be able to just come out and just, you know, flatten an entire field of enemies. You know what I mean? Like, it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. What did you think? I I was, okay, so there's this moment where we've got, and I'm putting big air quotes here, Nick Fury um, right there walking in. I was like, there's no way this is Nick. There's absolutely no way that Nick is going to sacrifice himself. He he's, he put the eye patch on. And and I, I read an article where it said something about like his eye patch kind of helps with the story element that he's when he puts the eye patch on, he's in control. But he kind of is disconnected, discombobulated when he doesn't have the eye patch on. And I sat back and I was like, okay, so we've got a man who's fallen out of touch with everything. He's still trying to figure things out, pick up the pieces. And part of me wonders if he showed a vulnerability during this that will help pay off later on. Like he kind of faked it um, in some degree, like, hey, this was really hard, but I'm faking this. So that way my enemies think that I'm not on the top of my game anymore and I can take them out real quick. Like part of me wonders just back and forth, because when we saw him on the space station in 2019, he didn't he still had his eye patch on. So I'm like, "Uh, maybe maybe he was faking us. Um, again, we may never know, but, um, with, with Gaia coming in and, and shape shifting, I was like, okay, I think this is Gaia. This, this is who I'm, I'm hoping. And when they brought the DNA in, because I started to see it as it was unfolding and I was like, oh shoot, he put Gaia there because if Gaia's in the, in the chamber, when they put the DNA, Fury's not going to catch those effects because it's altering scroll DNA. Mm-hmm. But he then put himself in a position where he put someone he could trust with those powers mm-hmm. because it's it's not, it's kind of like the the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. Like him and Gaia may not be one on one and be like, all right, hey, I trust you. You trust me. It's not a it's not a fury and Black Widow or fury and 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 uh, Captain America kind of thing. But by him showing good faith and saying, Hey, you can, you can bear your father. I've got someone who can help you walk you through that, through your guys's traditions. Um, for him to set those things up and show good faith and just say, all right, I did this for you. I need you to do this for me. And then basically said, here's Godhood. Um, like to be a God among your people, like just have massive amount of power. And then you can go and destroy the machine. You don't even have to share this. Like that, that's huge. And so I saw that moment and I'm like, it, it felt really short and I wish that that fight was longer. Um, it was really cool to see all the different superpowers be played in. Um, but I'm also really grateful that there weren't like a ton of casualties outside of what Gravik had already done. Mm-hmm. So one, one complaint I have about that is that like, <laughs> I thought it was cool too, but like, I felt like they made Gravik look strong the entire show. And then, and then weak at the end. And then he gets his butt kicked within 30 seconds in the last episode. And it's like. yeah. Well, okay. C- can I speak to that a little bit? I, I don't care. It's your show. This, this is a very <laughs> political thing. And so please hear my heart. This is not me trashing on any other country in the world. This is just, I think this was a very unique way to play this. How long have we been claiming our biggest enemy in the world is Russia? Oh, I think you told me this a couple of weeks ago, I think. Quite quite a while. Or you said and something think, in regards to this. I think if, if you really look at it, Russia, when they went and fought Ukraine, and they're still fighting Ukraine, they can't beat Ukraine. Ukraine came in and, and pulled the, if you look at Revolution 
the Revolutionary War here in the United States, like they're fighting for their lives. Like when when you go and put someone in a corner and they've got nothing else to lose, like baby, really everything to lose, like they're gonna fight for their life. They like like if you people, I guess I guess it's the way to say this: if you've got nothing else to lose, like you're not gonna fight near as hard. But if you're about to lose everything. You're going to fight for your life. You're going to fight for your child. You're going to fight for your spouse. You're going to fight for your family. You're going to fight for your community. You're going to fight for people. And Gravik did not have that mentality, but Gaia did. Mm-hmm. And so like the showing of power, the showing of I am better than you. I am the super scroll. I've got group powers. I've got a uh, frost giant behemoth power. I've got all these things. I hold all the cards. You do not get a seat at this table. You do not get a say. I will kill you. Like that that I'm throwing the the strong arm and I am the law. And then when someone else is thrown on the same path, your anger blinded you. You thought you were bigger than you were and you didn't continue to flex or you flexed the muscle, you didn't train the muscle. And she had been training She'd been watching. She'd been she'd been plotting. She'd been planning. She's trying to figure things out. And I think if you really watch this, I don't even know that this is a, that this is solely a Nick Fury series. I think this is Gaia series. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to sit back and rewatch, you will see how Gaia takes time to learn. She sees her dad and says, "You failed," and starts to to gain the wisdom. How how many? If you look in your life and, and you just sit back and and this is what I think is really cool about Marvel. Everybody gets so opinionated about this, but I'm like, it imitates life. Art imitates life. It is one of those beautiful things. In your youth, how many mistakes did you make? How many times did you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, didn't get to say the last goodbye? And things happen and you have to learn from them. 28 years old and I'm still learning <laughs> like we all are. But you make more mistakes in your youth. And I think that they were teaching that. And she learned a big, valuable lesson through this series. And it's not to throw away the wisdom from someone else. Had she listened to her dad at the beginning, he may not have been lost because she would have been on their team and and they, they could have started gaining ground before he died. He dies and she's now out for vengeance. She's going to avenge him. Um, which is funny because she basically becomes the ultimate Avenger with everyone's <laughs> powers, all the Avengers' powers. Um, but but by becoming this super scroll, she's still young. She's still got her angsty ways about her saying, mm, I'm not going to fight for Fury. I'm not, I, I don't believe in that. But is willing to work with the humans and and work to help her people. I think there's there's that, that growth and we're going to see that happen through the next 10 years of Marvel for her. So I don't know. I think that's that's where I just sit with it. I, I think that her character was just done very, very well. And I think Gravik, while I hate that that battle was was shortened, I think it makes perfect sense because it just it's imitating what's going on in our world. Art's, art imitates life and life imitates art. It just it's all right there. So. And I guess the only thing that I'll add is I, I thought that it was I, I think that if I looked at like my favorite character from the series, it probably would be Gaia, just because I think that she did she did have such a big piece in it. Um, and I agree. I think if you go back and rewatch it and you focus on her, you'll probably see that it's just as much about her as it is about Nick Fury. Um, oh, but I did at the very end something that kind of struck me as odd, and I don't know if it was done on purpose or not. Um, and I don't know if either one of you thought about this, but I feel like there was somewhat of a parallel between like character parallel with her and Sonia Fallsworth as um, Yelena and Valentina. Like very yeah. much a like, hey, let me take you under my wing and see what I can do. Like it was kind of creepily, sim- creepily similar to me. But I don't know if, any, if either of you caught that. That I didn't catch, but it makes perfect sense. As you as you mm-hmm. said, I was like, oh yeah, that there there is some similarity there. Yeah. So just kind of interesting. I'll be curious to see. I I I am looking forward to seeing her in another project to see how you know they kind of develop that character because she is that, like you're saying, that ultimate Avenger. How is that really gonna play into into and is she gonna be a hero or a villain? Exactly. Because that's 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 the thing. 
Super Scrolls were, as far as I'm aware, I don't know that they've ever really been heroes. They've they've been villains. Um, they're the brute of the scrolls, and so yeah. Um, just to see, because that that's one of the beautiful things is it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not their their comic universe. So they can kind of do whatever they want. They can add wherever they want. They can create their own stories, and so I'm excited to see what happens. Micah, any any last thoughts before we we wrap up this episode? I mean, I'd say watch it and see what y'all think. I I plan on watching it again at some point. I think that we, you know, I think to your point, Jordan, earlier at the beginning of the episode, you know, a lot of times you and I will go see movies and we'll come out of it and we're like, man, that was great. Or man, that was awful. And then when we go back and watch it a second time, it's it's a lot better because there's less pressure involved. Um, I find that too. Uh, if I go back and watch something a second time, I find that it's more easier to watch. I understand it better. Um, and, and in most cases, I enjoy it more. So like, I guess to wrap it all up and put a bow on it, um, let's do the rating thing. Like, what, what are you guys thinking as far as number? Scale of one out to of 10? ten. Yep, one to let's five. do a scale out of one to ten. One to five, five being the lowest. I'm kidding. Um, one to ten, <laughs> ten being the best. Yeah, let's being. really confuse everything and go off of the rating scale. No, one, one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst. Yeah. Alicia? I'm sitting at a seven. I didn't okay. think it was the worst thing that I've ever seen, Marvel. It wasn't the best thing. I feel like it's going to age over time and we'll understand more down the road, but I feel like I can't go higher than a seven on it. I think for me, I'm going to throw it at an eight. I think there's definitely room for improvement. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if they don't continue this storyline in TV format. Um, mm-hmm. If they try and go into movie and they try to finish this story like really quick in the Marvels, like I think that would be disservice to this. Um, I think continuing it, you can you can add some elements into the the Marvels movie, but you need to come back into TV and and let Gaia and and maybe Nick Fury. You don't even have to necessarily put Nick Fury back in this one. You could do a Secret Invasion Part Two and take it from Gaia's perspective, mm-hmm. and maybe add another Avenger. You throw in Captain America, Iron Heart, Wakanda characters. I, I mean, it doesn't matter who you throw in. Um, it, it could be really cool and well done. But I, I think an eight is where I'm going to set it. Micah? Six. Oh, you funny dud. <laughs> How is that okay, a funny dud? No, give rational, rational yeah, thoughts. Tell me, tell me why. After a first watch, six. Um, I felt like it just was slow. I wish it would have been better pacing. I wish there would have been better pacing throughout the series. I wish it, they wouldn't have waited until like episode four halfway through episode four to um, really get the show going. Uh, Jordan, you and I talked about that being the formula for, but like, why not change it up? Why not change it up to make it better or keep you guessing or, you know, give us what we want from the top and, and, and build off that excitement throughout the entire series. Uh, I think that would boost my rating more, right? Just, just for, you know, inspiration purposes. Uh, I don't think that there was a lot of, I think there were certain pieces where there was a lot of development, but there were others that were really lacking. Like I wish they would have done more with, with the story of the scrolls and and how long have they been here? Who's all involved? Who's been a scroll the whole time? Not just tell me two, two or three or four people that have been scrolls or been abducted or, you know, they're possibly scrolls. And then, Oh, we're going to identify them at the end of the series. You know, like I, I just wanted more of that depth. And so Maybe if I watch it again, and and probably the biggest beef, and we talked about it earlier, was the whole Brody thing. Um, I cry every time I watch Tony die, and at the and you know at the end of Endgame, and so if if that's him going up to him and moving you know Spider Man out of the way, and he's not really Brody, I got beef with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it may change. I mean, as as do a lot of our opinions uh, as we rewatch things, but I think that. You know, the the idea that this show could have been better and should have been better. And maybe it will be in the future if we watch it again and change our minds down the road. So if you're twisting my arm, I give it a six and a half. 
I don't know if that's any better, but kind of where I sit. Guys, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I've had a lot of fun talking about Secret Invasion. And yeah, there's rabbit trails, but it's kind of fitting into the larger uh, scheme of the cinematic universe. There's so much to be done and there's so many parts and moving pieces um so had a lot of fun with this episode so thank you guys and for all of you on nerd talk listening to us um thank you so much we really do appreciate you guys listening each week and so we will catch you here next time on nerd talk